I was considering not doing my zen zen. Um, y'all tired of it? <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long time. What up, y'all? It's Avia Law. We here. What, welcome to the uh, welcome to the, the latest episode of Good Night Harlem. And if you don't know, now you know. I I wanna I wanna apologize for us not putting out one last weekend. I know we got a lot we of. We had some angry fans. Yes. Yes. And I I so appreciated it. I was like, yes, y'all better be mad that we didn't have no podcast out last week. Y'all better be waiting for it. Wait so, for it. So this week, we're trying to make up for that. We're going to cover a plethora of topics. Plethora. Plethora. How do you say it? A plethora of topics. I think it's just plethora. Plethora. Yeah. Okay. Hey, whatever that you is. You would have spelled that wrong in the spelling bee. Ooh. So... <laughs> The first thing we wanted to cover in topics this week is the NBA Finals. And no, we're not going to get into sports analysis on this show. What we do want to cover is, one, uh, exactly what we feel like has been happening in the Finals. Two, a little bit of the undertones of little guy versus big guy and the media narrative. And then three, our predictions. So, I want to, I want to start with this. I think the NBA Finals... For the first two games, were some of the worst things. This is some of the worst product that I've seen with from the NBA, and a part of that is a lot of blowout games, etc. Mm-hmm. And that's really bad. But a part of it has been blowouts in the second half, not in the first half. Then all of a sudden, they get back to Cleveland, and then the games are closer, and finally Cleveland wins a game, which I'm happy about. Um, however, on your in your end, were you enjoying what you were watching prior to them going to Cleveland? Um, I have to be completely brutally honest and say that I started watching the first two games and I never finished watching the first two games because of how it was going and I was getting highly upset. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, I, I will say that I am originally a Bulls fan, so I don't right. want to hear nobody be like, oh, you on the bandwagon. But I've always been a LeBron fan. From the time before he made his decision, all throughout his decision, and after his decision coming back to Cleveland. The only thing that I didn't care for when it came to LeBron was how he did his decision. But everything else, I'm such a fan of. I love him. So at the end of the day, I'm always going to be rooting for him no matter what. Because I like who he is as a player. I like that you just got into that. Because that's going to cover the second piece of that, what I was saying. Big guy versus little guy. And what I mean by that is the media narrative has been more skewed towards Steph Curry being the new prominent face of NBA basketball. That's how they've tried to position Steph Curry. They've talked about him being a family man. They've talked about him being uh, pretty much the... The, the semblance of what somebody should be on the court. Like, he represents him in the way... He, re- he represents himself in a way that everybody should. And he's very humble and blah, blah, blah. Now, what's funny is... What's come out of this is a lot of NBA players are rubbed the wrong way by this. Uh, they just recently did uh, kind of some, some background uh, interviewing with a lot of different players. And a lot of players do not like Steph Curry. Really? And not personally but they don't like the narrative that the media has of Steph Curry which is why you'll see things in interviews like, oh, you're a little miss perfect <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's and, what it and is which, what you'll see in interviews from a lot of these players like recently LeBron James is in a post-game interview and he addresses Kevin Durant and says Kevin Durant's been playing awesome in this does not address Steph, Steph Curry. Curry because he doesn't have to because the media is Kyrie Irving Kyrie Irving says something good about Kevin Durant doesn't say anything about 
Steph Curry. Maybe they have beef off the court. There is not. A, there's not a beef. Like they all, they get along. Mm-hmm. The problem is the media narrative around it. Now, let me let me let me make this very clear. The media narrative stems from the fact that Steph Curry's the first little quote unquote little guy. Mind you, he's six foot three. I'll he's take the, it. He's the first, <laughs> he's the first quote unquote little guy that's doing what he's doing versus these big giants. Mm-hmm. Um, then secondarily. I, I know people aren't going to want to hear this, but a part of what plays into his narrative is his skin complexion. It does. It really does. You think so? Let me, let me explain. Mm. LeBron James has been the consummate family man for years now. Nobody's ever said anything about him being a family man. That hasn't no even one been, has ever put that, family man in his name in the same sentence. Right. Yet, why is that in the sentence with Steph Curry? Because of Riley. No, you think because that's of it, Riley. You you think that the reason because why because of Aisha. Yes, you, you think that's why. Yes, I do think and, that's why. I, and, I I think that's why because we have this thing called Instagram that LeBron didn't have when he first got into the NBA, and if you look at at Aisha Curry or Steph Curry's Instagram um, posts, it's always them doing like the little videos singing and lip syncing and everything like that doing little skits together oh they, you don't, you don't think have, lebron's done the same thing it's, it's not even had to be yeah it's not even had to be on instagram that way but there's there's tons of video content you can find where they've done the same exact thing as a family where do you it find not got, it though it, anywhere the problem is it doesn't get publicized the same way blogs aren't picking it up the media's not picking it up and you know why they're not picking it up think about it I I I Think will be the it. I will always be the last person to be like oh it's a light skin dark skin thing. Are you because kidding? Because I'm light skin and I never want it to be that. You but, can, um, you cannot want it to be that, but that definitely is what pay, plays into it. I don't know. I mean, it, you could be right. I'm it, not I'm not saying you're you're right or you're wrong. All I'm saying is that I think that Steph Curry as a whole and his family as a whole have made it a point to put a, a certain sort of light on themselves. Steph Curry brings Riley into into the post game uh, conferences. Mm-hmm. She she gets to talk on. And the And you mic. don't think any other player has done that before? I'm not saying that Chris any Paul other... definitely has done that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that before he did it. I'm not saying that because I'm not saying that him doing it is is anything. I'm just saying that him doing that in addition to the posts that they put up on Instagram, they control their Instagram now. Whatever things you've seen on LeBron and Savannah and other places, wherever you saw it. I don't know if it was in the same way where they're actually posting it themselves or it just happens to be floating around the internet because my thing is what Steph and his family have done on IG has created a certain reputation for themselves where he has created this reputation of being a family man and Aisha's at home the- cooking and she gave up her dreams of being an actress and she has all these recipes and she you know she's she's leveraging herself as a a basketball wife off of him which is completely this fine is, this is but they what have a I think family you're, dynamic you're that missing, they have you're created missing this. for themselves why does the media care what his wife is doing why because, why because, does the media care? No, wait, wait, let me let me finish my statement there. Why does the media care what his wife is doing? Because when I don't know, Chris Paul's wife is trying to do things, or when LeBron James' wife is trying to do things, they both do stuff outside of their husbands and it doesn't get picked up the same way. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. Come on, man. I don't know. I've honestly Come I on, haven't man. I haven't taken the time to actually Come dissect on, it and look at it. And maybe if I knew as much as you about all these videos that are floating around on Chris Paul and LeBron, then I could come back to you with a with an argument there. But I don't I don't have that knowledge to come 
with anything on that. So I can I can honestly say for myself that based off of what I've seen of the Currys, Aisha has made it a point to put herself out there in a way where whether it be on Twitter or any other place talking about the games and, and vocalizing and even back last season when there was this whole thing about her mentioning how the games are rigged and everything like that and people would compare her to Savannah and say well Savannah doesn't do that you know what I'm saying so there is this comparison between how Aisha carries herself as an NBA it, wife as, right. as, and, and, and as opposed and to and how I'm Savannah carries herself because, and they do not carry themselves because I'm the same about way. to make the comparison back to LeBron James and Steph Curry because I don't want to spend too much time on this, but you just you just mentioned that comparison between them. Now, when people compare LeBron James and Steph Curry, it is literally night and day versus who they are as players as well as how they hold themselves on a court. So, first thing, LeBron James is actually an all-around player. Steph Curry is not. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry shooter. plays offense really well, yes. but he's not very good on defense, defense. at all. Yeah. Period. And everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. That's not me saying that as trying to bash Steph Curry. But the flip side of it is how you conduct yourself on the court if LeBron James was to do even a quarter of the things Steph Curry does, Steph Curry shoots the ball, looks away before the ball goes into the hoop. That's not. You can't if, tell me if LeBron wait, did it. But you can't. Oh, he's so cocky. Right. That's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm talking about. About the narrative of this. Steph Curry makes a shot, shimmies in front of your whole bench. Nobody cares. Steph Curry makes a shot, turns around, kicks, kicks in the air, does a squat. <laughs> Like has, literally. has pom-poms coming out of shorts and doesn't cheer for Basically, himself. does a touchdown <laughs> celebration. Nobody cares. And a Heisman. <laughs> because he's the little baby face guy. <clears throat> that could be it, too. All, that could be it. All, the fact that he looks like he's 12 and he's doing all this could, could have something to do with it. And he, all, But my only point in saying that is, I don't want to ever... I don't want anybody ever trying to put down what LeBron James stands for if they're not going to come at Steph Curry the same way because the narrative on that is all jacked up that is all I will say this I will say this I don't have a lot of knowledge about you know knowing enough to say that this is a light skin dark skin thing or anything like that I will say this and we've I've said this to you before. Law and I we both like LeBron yes we do we are LeBron fans LeBron James we have friends who are LeBron haters. That is true. And one thing that I've seen is a, is a common string between um, LeBron fans and LeBron haters is that there's a lot of LeBron haters that love Kobe Bryant. Or, or Michael Kobe Jordan. Bryant. Or Michael Jordan. True. Um, but Kobe Bryant's more current in, in, in the time that LeBron was in the NBA, so it's easy to compare the two. So a lot of the Kobe lovers... By default, just hate LeBron because that is one of his biggest competitions that he had when he was playing the game. But what I find is interesting is the shift. It's like, okay, Kobe's not playing anymore, right? So the Lakers, you know, they're not doing as good as they used to do. But what I found is that these Kobe lovers slash LeBron haters have shifted their energy to Steph. Now Steph is their Kobe because <laughs> he's he's not in LA, but hey, he's six seven hours away in in, in uh, Golden State. He's still in California. Sure. So so now these Kobe lovers slash LeBron haters are directing their same energy as they did when Kobe was in the game, my guy. And here <laughs> they are. They're like. Yeah, yeah, LeBron's doing this, LeBron's doing that. We're here for Steph. Steph has this new wave of Kobe lovers behind him just off of the strength that he is in Golden State and he can still represent them. 
because he's in California. And 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 he he he's kind of replaced Kobe. I feel like this is what I'm seeing. The I, shit, I disagree the with that for the, to this extent. I think there's just enough people that hate LeBron James to whereas they don't need to go on Steph's bandwagon. They just need somebody to beat LeBron James. And that is why that's by default they they're on Steph's bandwagon because he is that the one that's make them, beating LeBron my point. James. That doesn't make them Steph Curry fans as much as it is LeBron James Le- haters. But you That's know, you know what's that. happening is they're becoming Steph Curry fans because they're like, you're the only guy that can do this. You and your team are the only people that can do this. And for that, I love you. And what happens is and, and, it, yeah, and, after and year bad. after year, they're going to end up and becoming fans. too bad fans. it's not his team that's actually doing it because it's Kevin Durant's team now. <laughs> All <No>. right. <laughs> Let's transition. Let's transition. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Over the over the weekend, um, I know you've you've went a few places and I went a few places, but we we were gonna touch on one other thing around the finals and the finals actually launched a premiere for Black Panther. Black Panther, y'all. Oh my gosh. I have never I'm not into comic books, DC, Marvel, whatever. I love Batman. I'm a huge Batman fan, but when I saw that Black Panther trailer, I got too excited. <laughs> I was like beside myself, like so weirded let me, out. Let me, let me ask why you're excited because I know you're not a comic book fan. No. So at the point that you tell me you're excited about, I'm like, oh, we got to talk about. When it. we talk about what? comic book fans, I'm like Archie and Veronica. Like that's 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 me. Right there. <laughs> but what 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 got you excited more than anything? It was a black version of of a of a comic book story, and it was major, and it was like this is like our story like we finally get something like wonder woman could have been black but of course they weren't (laughs) they're not gonna make wonder woman black they just weren't they could have made her black that's interesting that you say that because i'm intrigued in this movie for several reasons including the fact that i'm a comic book fan but the bigger one first starts with the fact that this is the first time i feel like um any movie studio has given us a platform to actually put together not only an ensemble cast, but literally a proper production for a movie with a mostly majority black cast. Let's talk about this cast. Who you got? Who do you got that you were excited to see in this we movie? We got Michael B. Jordan, which I know all y'all ladies out there that love Michael B. Jordan are going to see based off of that alone. We got Lupita. We got Chadwick. We got Denai Guerrero, which... Everyone probably knows her from Walking Dead. I personally have a connection to her because she had this play called In the Continuum that I saw. And it was a two-woman play. And it was her and this other girl. And they wrote it. And they created cre- created it themselves. And it was just one of the best plays I've seen. And I saw that when I was like a junior in college. So it was like 12 years ago. And she's still doing the damn thing. Um, we got freaking Angela Bassett, Forrest Ooh. Whitaker. Angela Angela Bassett is uh, uh, Milf Bay. We got Felicia Rashad. That's Grandma. I didn't even see all these people in the trailer. I had an IMDb. And then we have Daniel Kalula. What's wait? What's his name? <laughs> Did you just slaughter somebody's <laughs> name? That's perfect. Daniel Kalula. I can't. I don't know how to say your name, Daniel. But this is the main dude from Get Out. If y'all seen Get Out. He was the black dude, the black boyfriend from Get Out, and I think he is just a fine piece of chocolate. And all this chocolate. Are we, we got sure he's the, not in a sunken place in this movie? Uh, we'll find out when we watch it. <laughs> I can say that there's not enough non-black people in this movie for him to be in a sunken place. So, so he's done the damn thing. I'm just, I'm just really excited about it. I, I, 
I'm I'm more excited to see what the director does because I know this is the same director that uh, kind of helped to, to direct Fruitville Station and he also just recently did the the reboot of the Rocky series with Creed. Yeah, and and I think that says volumes. I think he's going to focus on this, the character and story build, so I can't wait to see what that what that uh, does. And I also want to see the numbers from this. I'm interested that's, in that's seeing the, how it performs. Thing. That's the biggest thing. What I was thinking was I can't wait to see how much we shock Hollywood. Because I can tell you right about now, everybody's going to see this movie. Everybody. There's, there's a It's not even just going to be black people. It's going to be non-black people who are comic book fans and then other people who, who just want to see it. And it's just going to shock the hell out of them. And hopefully, based off of those numbers, which I know are going to be good, they're going to green light more black movies. Well, I'm telling y'all in Mainstream advance. Mainstream movies. I'm telling y'all in advance. At the point that my mom and my aunt want to go watch the movie. That's how you know I, it's real. Right. Because they probably don't care getting no, two shits. No, no. But, but, I, but I'll say this much. But I'll say this much. I'm not going to go see an open weekend. Because I don't go see black movies during opening weekend. I just don't. I have rules in Why? life. I don't. Because the last thing I want to do is go to a theater and somebody talk through my movie. And I don't care what none of y'all say. Y'all can tell me that I'm wrong. Y'all can say, oh, that's stereotyping. No, I don't know. Oh, I'm so done. You this. don't want to see I a black movie it. opening weekend in a black theater. Let's add that to it. Ooh, it doesn't matter what theater you go to in New York. Wow. Black people are going to show up to that theater. That's true. <laughs> they don't care. That's true. And they will talk through the movie. And let me tell you the first thing I don't deal with people talking through a movie that I pay hard earned mm. money for. Mm-hmm. I don't even go to the movie as it is so if i'm gonna pull up to a movie i need to be able to experience the movie not you experiencing the movie oh talk about it i, I feel <laughs> a way about it i feel a way about it i've canceled somebody on a date over that i, I have trying a, to talk through the movie uh, oh, if you shit. don't get away from me with this <laughs> wait, wait what why are they doing that we're watching at the same if damn time attention then you know why they're doing it I, actually i'd probably be that person asking why <laughs> i probably would be that person asking why first date last date <laughs> damn well the first date should never be the movies yeah, first, first movie date, oh, okay. last movie date. Okay. Let me correct myself. Yeah, I was about to say because you, you know, know I would never take nobody. Yeah, you know I, I would you never know take better than that. Like that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. But um, uh, yeah, let's get into the knit tinder. So where did you where did you go this weekend? Yeah, so I went to the Latex Crawfish Boil in Latex, is Louisiana, Texas. Um, I thought latex was, was the stuff a, you put a, on your... Well, condoms made out of. Yeah, yes, you're nasty. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Continue. So, it's an event that the um, the creators of Grits and Biscuits, if you guys are familiar with the Grits and Biscuits uh, parties that they have, the Down South, 30 South parties that they have, those guys created a latex crawfish boil. It happens once a year in New York. I think they do other cities like D.C. and whatnot. But anyways... I am, oh, sidebar, if you go to the website, you will see my face. I'm like the, they have like the, the screen grab of the video is literally like my face and my mouth is wide open laughing. So every year when this event comes around, people are like, Avia, you're on the website. Yes, I know. I've been on the website for three years. (laughs) (laughs) It just makes me look real mixy. Like I'm just out here all the time. That that's been up for three years. And yeah, I think in the next episode, we want to talk about, we're going to talk about mixiness, right? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So anyways, um, so at the event, it's a good social event. A lot of young black professionals come out. A lot of people actually fly in for the event. Shout out to my boy, Sean, Sean Carter, S. Dot, who came in from ATL. Um, but yeah, so anyways, me and my friend were there and she ran into someone that she knew. Yeah. And 
she asked him, she's like, oh, where's your boy such and such? Because I guess she always sees them together. And his first response was, oh, he's he's married now. <laughs> and we're like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> like, okay, so where is he? <laughs> and basically he went on to say that since he's gotten married, like he doesn't come to these parties anymore. And so we dove deeper into the conversation and I was just like, well, why? Why can't he just come out here with his wife? Like, what's the big deal? And it just... It just had me thinking about marriage and how things change after you get married. And, you know, I know for myself, when I get married, I would love to just do the things that I did, but do them with my partner now. You know, I don't want to ever stop being me or ever feel like a part of me is missing now that I'm with this person. And so... But in but, uh, in fairness, in relationships, there is a certain level of compromise. Compromise, I get it. I, wow. I love how quick you were to, like, cut that. I, I know. I know. I knew I that know. was coming. Yes, I would have to compromise, but to me, that I don't. I want. I don't want to ever have to feel like I can't do this event because you won't enjoy this. Like I would love to go to a right. place with my partner, and I know that we both enjoy it because we're on that same wavelength. Right. I don't ever want to feel like I can't do this anymore because you won't enjoy this and you rather do this and I have to come with you to this. And maybe that's where the compromise is, but I don't want that to be a consistent thing. Like I still want to feel like I can do the things that I want to do and now do them with you. Share my world with you just like you do the same for me, you know? Right, and I think the, the worst thing that could possibly happen in that situation is if you, you know the person doesn't enjoy whatever it is that you enjoy doing, you bring them out, and they're basically making it hard for you to enjoy yourself because they don't enjoy it that much. Or you feel like because you know they don't enjoy those things, you have to stop doing them now because you have to do the things that they like and compromise in that way. And it's like, like I said, that's like a piece of you that's missing. That's true. So... You know, in regards to the the way that the guy <laughs> responded to our question about, you know, where the dude was, it just had me thinking about different things that just don't make sense to me when it comes to people getting married. Because <laughs> I'm single, I guess I wouldn't understand. Um, and one of the things that really, I guess, baffles my mind is when married people ask a single people why we're single. <laughs> Why are you still single? <laughs> Do you know the first thing I want to ask them is why are you married? <laughs> like, 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 why are you asking me why I'm still single? Like, you have made it to this promised land and I'm not there yet. I'm still looking at my GPS trying to figure out how to get there. And you're asking me why I'm still where I am. Like... I need to be where you are. Do you type do you thing. under no circumstance do you ever feel like that's a fair question? You you never feel like that's a fair question. I feel like that is a fair question, but it's even more fair when it comes from my single friends. No, but I'm I'm saying in in reference to there being married people <laughs> asking you the question, do you never feel like it is possible for it to be a fair question if they're married? Because you feel like they're insinuating that you're not doing something right by asking you that question. I can take it two ways. And I guess it depends on how someone asks me. I can take it in the way of, Avia, you are pretty. You have a great personality. You have your shit together. You're, I don't understand why someone wouldn't have wiped you up by now. I could take it that way. And the best part about that is, how do you answer <laughs> that? Because you're supposed to speak on behalf of that other person. <laughs> I don't uh, know why. Well, let's ask the person I haven't met yet who's supposed to be my husband in the future. Huh? How come we're not together yet? Like, so I can take it as a compliment. Like, oh, wow, you got everything going on. Like, 
you are just such a great person. How come someone has not taken you off the market yet? But then on the flip side, it's, I can also take it like, why haven't you accomplished what I have? You know, and I'm not saying that anyone who's asked me this question who's been married is asking it in this way. or They're trying to belittle me or anything like that. But for all my married people out there, think about this when you ask someone this question. What are you really asking them? Are you asking them why they haven't accomplished something you've accomplished? Are you wondering why they don't want the life that you have? And, and like, I agree with you. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. Because that's the equivalency of going back home to where I'm from and going, oh, man, you, you, you still ain't graduated from college yet? Mm. Wait, what? what's up with that? Mm-hmm. And is, it, is there some it, college that doesn't want you? Right, right. And because you did it straight out of high school well, four year, four to five years later, you're like, damn, you're 32, still working on your bachelor's? Oh, man. Them, like, what's going on with y'all? What have you been doing, baby? Oh, no. Oh, Why did you go no. all over the place? Pipe up. Pick a Not a degree, no. <laughs> but I, I think that's the thing. It's just like, you know, I was watching Being Mary Jane one time, and... I'm paraphrasing this question, but at the end of each episode of Being Mary Jane, they have a quote. And the quote of this one episode was, why does America treat marriage like an accomplishment? It was something to the regards of that. And I put that up on my Facebook status because I I just love that quote. And I got all sorts of responses. And a lot of the responses were from people, married and unmarried, who agreed with it. And what what really kind of like surprised me were how many people that I knew were married that agreed with that quote. Because these are people who got married and who know what marriage is about now. And now you're looking at this quote like, yeah, why is this such an accomplishment? Because they know how hard life still is, even though that they're married. Now you have an extra layer of hardness to your life because... And I, I think what you're saying, <laughs> though, is pessimistic, though. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Again. There she goes again. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really quick to cut me off with a no, no, no. No, I think that I, and I'm, I'm not trying to put words into other people's mouths. I'm just saying that I think that married people realize before they got married that they thought of marriage as this thing that they really wanted to have. And now that they have it, it's great. It is great. But they realize how much hard work goes into it that was so much different than when they were just boyfriend and girlfriend. I, I would say this. I don't, I don't, I, I want to say the majority of my married friends wouldn't necessarily say uh, marriage itself is hard because it's a union at the end of the day. You were in a union before you were married, you're in a union after the fact. I think the things that they would point to that are hard are time. Uh, and if you have children, time can be shortened, etc. And then when you're around somebody for so long, there's only so many things they can tell you before you know all. And then they don't have very many new opinions on things because essentially... Well, spice it all up. Right. So things can become a little dry that way. Mm-hmm. However, if you two really are that comfortable in one another, you have a relationship where it was a friendship even more so than just a, a, a boyfriend-girlfriend situation, mm-hmm. I think it's different. I think... That's there's an easy position you would have there. There's an ease of conversation. There's an ease. Of, 
it takes a lot of burdens a bur- burden off of you if you're in a good marriage that's all true. i'm saying that's very, and very I, true and, and knowing people who are in good marriages i would say there's a different perspective for those people that are in good marriages versus those people that are in mediocre marriages mm-hmm. and yeah that's uh, a, that's a huge mediocre and good completely two different experiences in, in, a, in a in a mediocre marriage people are seeking things outside of their relationship in that different ways and it doesn't mean that they're cheating on their spouse it doesn't mean anything of that nature it might just seriously mean the experiences that they're having with their spouse just aren't as interesting as the experiences they're having outside of them being around their spouse mm, that that seems like that's a setup for failure in the end whenever that end comes you know what i'm saying yeah because if you're constantly seeking pleasure and enjoyment outside of what your spouse can bring, and I'm not saying pleasure and enjoyment as in cheating, but just things that are not connected to your spouse in any sort of way. And this goes back to the whole compatibility of if you guys like the same things, then a lot of the things that you're going to be doing that you like to do are going to be alone or with someone else that's not your spouse. I agree with that. Which In, in which agree. case, your, your marriage is not going to become richer than it was before it's gonna get stagnant because at the end of the day you're gonna look at that person like damn i gotta worry about your opinion on this this and this and this and this things that that i like that you don't like i gotta convince you to do this this and this with me when i know this person will do it like drop of the dime and you're gonna start to resent the person i think at the end of the day that's true and 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 what you said about like mediocre marriages and good marriages night and day difference i totally agree and you know there's people that i know that are married that do things that make me look at marriage differently almost to the point where i don't want to get married because of what they're doing but see and i shouldn't apply that to everyone i shouldn't blanket marriage i should not blanket marriage because i i also have great great friends who are married who have good relationships to what i know Right. Because at the end of the day, most married people are not going to be airing their dirty laundry out there like that. Most married people are going to be putting up all these chips of Tahiti on Instagram and pictures of their kids and family picnics in the park and whatever they want to put out to show that everything is going okay. But at the end of the day, and this kind of ties into the whole Steph Curry thing. I had a conversation with someone a while back about Steph Curry and maybe this is a pessimistic way of thinking, but it's just like man when everything seems so perfect it makes me wonder what is not that it is makes, pessimistic it, it is That's pessimistic. 100% pessimistic. it is pessimistic but it makes me wonder i'm the type of person i wonder about both sides of the spectrum i never take anything for face value i'm never like oh wow they're they're like this and they're like that i always think about the but what about the thing that we don't see and to me, that's not even being completely pessimistic. It's more just being realistic in the way that Steph Curry and Aisha look like the perfect couple, but we don't hear the type of arguments they have behind closed doors. And to some people, maybe they don't argue at all because they're the perfect light-skinned couple with the perfect light-skinned kids who like to talk during post-game conferences. But, uh. <laughs> but what I'm saying is we never know what married people go through because we don't always get to hear both sides of those stories. A lot of times we hear one side. And, lo- and like I told you, I have a freaking save the day invite for a wedding that I never made it to from a friend who's no longer with her husband. Like they've been separated longer than they actually been married. And, and it's like, wow, man. I, I want to I wanna make this one point about this and we can move on from this topic. But 
I do view what you're saying in terms of the perception mm-hmm. of a relationship. I view it the same way I view social media. People can show you what they want in social media. People mm-hmm. can show you what they want with their relationship in public. But behind closed doors, there's always going to be something different that's going on. And even with social media, I can show you all the glitz and glamour of my life, but that doesn't mean my life is all glitz and glamour. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People do that all the time, a.k.a. stun for the gram. Um, but with relationships, sometimes they allow their relationships to be leaked out in the public in a way that they weren't expecting it to. The way that somebody handles you doing uh, day-to-day things with your friends in public, mm-hmm. if somebody shows that they have some kind of uh, disagreement with what you're doing or they just don't like it for whatever reason, I always feel like when people notice that, they gravitate towards it and go, ooh, your, your girl mad at you over that? Or, ooh, your, your man's sensitive about that? Like the whole outside opinion thing. Yeah, and... Whereas in social media, like it's a rarity that you get a lot of that unless somebody's forthright with what's happening with themselves. And some people are, depending on the platform. Twitter, people are a lot more open about the things that are happening to them. Facebook, not as much. Instagram, they just showing you pictures just to flex. So who knows what's happening on Snap? I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> anyway, I I, I want to leave that at that because I, I feel like you made a bunch of good points there. Um, I was at an event this, this weekend and it was a... It was a, a it was a mixy event as you were going to call it, <laughs> and one of my friends was hosting this, and I'm I'm really thankful for her inviting me out. Um, and what I didn't know was going to happen is this was going to turn into kind of a discussion panel kind of a situation. Mm. It was a mixing event for uh, singles and and people of that nature I to wish get I together could have gone, man. to just kind of meet each other, talk about some things. And I didn't expect there to be debates on a lot of things, but there were. And some of the questions that came up, and I got to kind of lead a lot of this because there was a lot of women involved, and they were asking questions of men. Um, and I, I, I can't, I, I can't be the vessel to speak on behalf of all. But men. you were the vessel that day. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, a little what bit. What a heavy burden to carry. I am not trying to carry that burden. Oh, you carried it. I am not trying. To <laughs> and that's why they mad at you. <laughs> okay, so a couple of the questions that came up, and I will, I would love for us to kind of address them. I'm we'll scared of these questions. Of these. I'm so scared about so what the, these so, questions. <laughs> so the, the first question was around guys. How should a woman know if a guy is seeking marriage or views them as marriage material? Mm-hmm. And my answer to that, and I would love to hear your kind of retort to this. I said a guy who's seeking something more serious from you or views you in that way. Um, is is doing a bunch of things that a lot of these other guys aren't. The first thing is that guy is going to probably be a lot more consistent because Hello. when when you that care, is when it's you, a fact. When you <laughs> when you care, you're consistent. The this, the inconsistency goes into a lot of things. Whether that's messaging you consistently, uh, checking in on you consistently, uh, trying to set things up with you consistently, um, and then prioritizing. A guy who actually likes you is going to prioritize you or he's going to fit you into his life. He's not going to say, I just don't have time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't have time is not a real answer. I just don't have time. Because at you... the end of the day, we all have the same 24 hours. So right. all of a sudden, you ain't got time. Right. Because you're just so important and you're so busy and I'm so just waiting by the phone for you. Right. Unless you're the CEO <laughs> of Apple, I want to understand right. why you don't have time. So the... <laughs> 
the the other part of it is that I brought up, um, and I and I don't expect this to be the case across the board with all women. Is if a guy really does care about you, there are certain things that he's going to do that's going to allow you to know he cares. And so in the beginning stages, of course, it's just the getting to know you phase. But if all he wants to do is take you out to a bar every day, that should tell you how he views you. Because men who are actually interested in getting to know you further, they plan. Men who care plan. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't care about you, he's not planning anything. He's just like, oh, let's go to this bar. Just let's go to this bar is no plan. That's no thought. That's I want to get you drunk and I want to do something strange for no change. Mm. <laughs> for real. And I'm not saying on the first date a guy doesn't need to like take you out to like maybe a drink or maybe you guys do some kind of meetup spot or something like that. But I'm saying once you get it into full flow two months in or so, if you're still getting that same treatment that you were getting in the very beginning, mm-hmm. it's off. Yeah. You need to understand that it's off. And you need to address that. Also, the last part of this that I'm going to mention if you don't get him to explain what his expectations are or what his thoughts are, because men are very upfront, regardless of if you guys believe that or not. I know a lot of women have a hard time like, no, men lie about everything. I'm like, mm, guys will tell you about themselves in different ways, and it might not be in an overt way, but they'll tell you about themselves. Mm-hmm. For instance, if you have a child and you don't even need to explain that you have a child, you can either ask him, man, what do you think about women with children? He'll be really forthright with you. Ah, I probably couldn't date that. Great. He says that. Bail. That's not for you. <laughs> okay, I'll be exiting now. Oh, you got the check, right? right? Okay. <laughs> or, or, That's a tricky way of or, asking that question. Or literally him ask him, or literally ask him, man, what is your, like, if you were a parent, what would be your style of parenting? You like, because. And then he'll I, be like, I'm not going to have kids, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> honestly, these are answers that come come through. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, are number of kids important to you? Like these, and not saying you said it on the first date, but those should be But those should be scare him away. I agree. But those should be conversations that come up along the lines. Like you're a month, two months deep. You should be able to have certain conversations. Like man, and you you position it as you were talking to someone else about this, and you literally bring up a conversation that's happened in the past, and that's the way to get into it. Men will tell you about themselves. That's all I'm saying. So, what is your response to that? Anything on that? I mean, you're the man, so. I can only go off of my womanly experiences with dealing with your counterparts. Like, wow, my counterparts. I mean, your peoples. Your, oh, you know, well, your you peoples, peoples. You peoples. Your peoples. You. Got <laughs> I it. said it. Um, I can say based off of off of my own experience, I agree with you a hundred and twenty eight percent, thirty thirty five. I agree with you a thousand percent on all that consistency. Huge. Um, planning things out huge like and I mean like it doesn't have to be like some grand gesture it could just be the fact that everything's not spontaneous all the damn time like you're not just gonna hit me up and be like oh you're free let's do this I'm not always gonna be free for you so the fact the the fact that that you actually plan something means that you have taken my time into account. Right. You have respected my time. Right. And you've also set time in your own schedule to make time for me. It's not just on some, oh, I'm free right now. Are you free? Type of type of stuff, which is what I see a lot of guys do. They want everything to be convenient for them. That's what true. What they got that going on. That is very on. true. 
And it's like, well, I'm not always going to be there for you when you need me because I got my own stuff going on. So if you actually care about me, you will plan something out. There you go. Um, I will also say this about the whole men being forthright thing. When it comes to men being forthright about what they want as opposed to do they want a relationship or do they want a situationship or do they want a friends with benefits ship, whatever, I will say that in my own experience, a lot of guys are really good at, I won't say not answering the question. I'll say they're really good at being vague. Where they're the type of guys where they live in the moment and they want to see how things go. And they don't want to say that they're looking for something or anything like that. They, they want to they wanna get a feel for somebody and yeah. see where it can go. It's always this open-ended answer that guys know how to give to someone when it comes to those types of questions. And having an open-ended answer works in the guy's favor because they are buying themselves time this is good this they're, is good they're buying themselves time to to not only get to know you yes but if they aren't about settling down or anything like that they're buying themselves time to get what they want out of you and spend this time with you and you don't know where they stand on things and then by the time you actually have the 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 I'm the, so glad you brought this by, up. By the time you actually have the courage to say, yeah, you know, I don't have time for a relationship right now. I'm so, like, into this and this and this, what I have going on. It's like, man, I invested six months into you right now. I'm glad. You could have told me this at the three-month mark, you know? I'm glad you brought so this up. So, to me, I don't know if it's, before you even say anything, to me, I don't know if it's even a, a thing that they calculate ahead of time or some people just want to feel things out and then they realize, oh, I don't have the time. But either way, it still feels like a blow to the girl that's interested because the more time that she's invested, now she has to get past you and be like, wow, you really weren't into me anyways. So You could have saved me some time and told me this is where you stood in the first place. That's easier said than done. But yeah, I hear, it I is get easier said than done. I, I, I get why guys going. don't do it a lot. The, <laughs> I, I, I'm segueing from that question to the next question because you brought up a point that was heavily, I don't know, it was polarizing because one of the questions in the cards was, would you date someone who is celibate? And, <laughs> and wait a second, the reason why that, be, <laughs> you're kidding. a horrible Just kidding. The reason why that became Not more of a polarizing question <laughs> is because someone spoke up and said, specifically, I've been on dates with men who take it as a challenge to try to get de-virginize the them. To try to get the cookies. Are these girls that are celibate saying this, or girls? Yeah, girls who are celibate. Okay. So to try to get the cookies, right? And I was like, man. So uh, you, in your opinion, these guys will wait whatever time it is. Maybe it's five months because they want to be that yeah. first person for them right and and Which they'll do whatever is necessary to say the right things put themselves in the right position to do that and i was like well that's that's ridiculous it's ridiculous but i do believe it happens so but then i answered the question of would you date someone who is celibate and i was like 100 percent no 100 percent no <laughs> and i understand you on your journey or whatever that and journey you're talking is. about both types of celibate right um, let's, be, let's be clear to the people about the celibacy thing because I think that everyone has it in their mind what celibacy is and ce celibacy is keeping your cookies to yourself with a purpose 
That is what that means. It's not only that. We could talk about the other side of it. Whereas you've had people who have had sex with people and now they've come to a point where they want to save it until they're married. And but that, that's you're the still, journey that they're on. But wait, wait, wait. You're still doing the core of what I just said. You're holding on your holding on to your cookies with a purpose. I understand, but dealing with someone who's never had sex before and dealing with someone who's had sex multiple times before and is just choosing not to are two different things. Now, I don't care either way because I ain't doing either one of those things. <laughs> now, I hear you, and that's all great and dandy, but I would never want to be in a position where I couldn't at least taste the cookie. You could taste it. No, 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 Wait, any of that. See, I don't know the rules of being... See, look at you. What are the rules? It depends on the person. Yeah. It depends on the person. Because some people are like, anything but sex so, is celibacy, right? And some so, people are like, anything that leads to sex is, I'm not doing, you know? Where I go with that is, I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm with someone and I don't know if we have sexual chemistry. Mm-hmm. And then, I, let's say I waited six months and then all of a sudden we finally do it and I'm like, yo, what was that? And not what was that in a good way. Like, what the fuck was that move? Damn. Like, why are you doing this? Don't ever do that again. <laughs> like, I don't ever want to. I don't ever want to have to make this like a football <laughs> playlist thing where we have to go check the film and I have to go. Don't you see that move right there? And I circle it. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> you take the sheet off. You take the sheet off the, the tripod thing, the easel thing, and rip it out and throw it in the trash. Never again. Never. <laughs> Flag on all the plays you made in this game. All of them. Flag on the whole game. Which, but that can also be offensive to women or or so men who are celibate. To you? Um, Did you say it like that? I definitely didn't say it like that, oh, but okay. I definitely let everyone know, like, me personally, I wouldn't be able to, to be in that scenario because so- I, I literally need to understand if we have that vibe. And on top of that, sexual chemistry became another piece of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Is sexual chemistry important? And I hit them with a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hell yeah! Like, what the kind of question is this? I literally looked them in the eye and I was like, playoffs? You're asking a man that? Oh, God. But... <laughs> to what extent should sexual chemistry play a part and I was like it could be huge because I was like people have sexual egos men and women and they were like no I mean you should be able to talk through sexual chemistry you I can't like, talk through no type of lack of chemistry <laughs> this okay this is the thing that gets me and I don't mean to cut you off I don't understand how people don't understand how chemistry works like <laughs> chemistry ain't something that you can just oh we could talk through it we could counsel through it oh after time i'll grow on you you'll grow on me nah bruh chemistry is something you can't control that's why you you girls out here like these fuck boys and you can't help but to like them because y'all got this chemistry that, that cannot be compared with somebody else who's actually on their p's and q's and looks great on paper but you don't want him you want this fuckboy over here. Because y'all's chemistry is like through the Richter scale. And you can't control the fact that you like him so much because you guys just you guys just mesh so well together. He just can't get it right for you guys to get into a yeah, relationship. It, it, chemistry cannot be controlled. It cannot be changed. I don't understand how people don't understand. And with that. sexual chemistry, a part of that is what do you, you can't like talk versus that out. what do I what do I like versus what you like? And you can what, talk that out. Hold yes. on, hold on, hold on. This is all these things play into chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, are you a super freak? 
are you a mediocre freak or are you not a freak at all? And everyone has it in their own minds what a super freak is. So what you think a super freak is may right. not be what the so, other person thinks. But then in terms of like sexual chemistry, that could play into it because you could be like, oh, I want to be able to do this, but you're uncomfortable with that. And if you're uncomfortable with that, where do y'all go? This is the thing I think about sexual chemistry. I think that this is how you can tell if you have sexual chemistry with someone. If they do all the things that you like, but it does nothing for you. That's Damn. how you can tell you do not Ooh. have sexual chemistry. When they do the things that you like them to do, but it still does not do anything for you. You're just laying there like, oh, God. Damn, you I know? feel bad for all women because I know there has to be all of 10% of women who ever feel like they're getting the greatest of experiences. So to the 90% that feel like what you just said, I apologize on behalf of all men. I am sorry. I am sorry, sorry for? because from what I've what I've read, only around twenty percent of women have ever experienced a true orgasm from sexual pleasure. That's because which they, is crazy to me. I'm like, damn. From sexual pleasure, so it doesn't have to be sex. It could like, be yeah, like, it has to be direct penetration. Oh, well, yeah. Damn. But there's other ways of getting an orgasm. But all I'm saying is, is imagine if that's all you get. He ain't trying to go down. He ain't exactly. trying to do, like. Where exactly. do you go from there? And I mean, if I'm a woman, I'm like, they still make you. Right. They still make guys like you. No, I've I've met guys who don't oh, do that. Oh no! What did you do? Yes, I know guys who do not do that. And they need to take like, away his Peter Piper, and like, he can't yo, pick no pepper. They, <laughs> he can't. He doesn't even want to pick the pepper. Peter, Peter, Peter is just piping. Not even trying to pick a pepper. I don't need that Peter. I need a Peter who's gonna pipe and pick the pepper. What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is that they got songs talking about eating booty like groceries, and you can't even like go down on somebody. Like to me, that's it, it's almost remedial in 2017. Like catch up, <laughs> bro. You you in the they slow, talking about you in the slow class and you on the short bus. <laughs> All right. So what I'm saying is just is just chemistry cannot. It's almost like, if, if you think of sexual chemistry in the way that I put it, it's almost like meeting somebody who has a great personality. You just don't like them like that. You can't control that. It's right. something you cannot control. And so these girls out here talking about talk it out. That's Can, can I say one thing that I said? And it, and they, it wasn't like a backlash, but it was more like they argued me this. I okay. said, with people having egos sexually, men or women, there are things that within sex you you say it doesn't matter how you approach it or what the delivery is somebody could take it personally yeah so you for instance be careful with and, and, and I, I brought the example let's say you are a woman and every guy you've ever been with you're able to pleasure him you're able to make him reach an orgasm but then these this specific guy you just got with you like him a lot and you like you putting your best foot forward you got all of your best moves you opened up your playbook and nothing's working he has not Shoots been pleasured. Your ego down. He's not been pleasured two, or three times in a row. Man, in and that instance, you ask, "What's going on?" <laughs> and he's honest. I don't really like what you do when you ride, or maybe he says it in an even nicer way, like. I don't know. These kind of positions just don't really do it for me. I need a little bit more. I need a finger in the booty hole. I don't know. I don't know. However he prefaces <laughs> right, it. However he prefaces it. And you take that information. <laughs> I don't care who it is. Somebody could still take that personally. And that's where the ego is bruised. 
in the relationship, but that's the relationship not, can be hurt. I don't think that's how you're supposed to talk to someone when it comes to sex. I think that w- when it comes to sex, when it comes to what you like, you should talk about it while you're doing it. So, so if the person's doing something that you like, you can kind of direct them in that way, and they're not feeling like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm just so bad at doing this, and I can never pleasure, pleasure this person. They're saying, all right, I want to please you, so I am going to follow whatever direction you have for me in the act once it becomes a talk afterwards and it's like i don't like when you do this 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 <laughs> it's like all right we ain't gotta have sex at all bye right like, he, he i comes, don't think that that's he, the way it should he be comes to you with this checklist. Checklist. let me tell you what you don't do you got a venn diagram good bad <laughs> eh, in the middle like, right a lot of this is huh we was gonna right, have a full huh right so i think you know there's there's sexual chemistry and that's something that that cannot be controlled is this guy doing everything the right way and it's still or guy guy or girl doing everything the right way and it's still not turning you on or getting you to that peak and then there's the difference in what you like and how you can uh, achieve that and yeah. so there's those are two different things and i think that some people like to confuse the two and think oh well this person didn't know how to go down on me properly so our chemistry is off no they just they just lack the education and knowing what to, how to please you and but i've heard from those women it's hard to sometimes speak to men about this because one the ego mm-hmm. number two part of it well it's worked on everybody else well it doesn't oh work on you God. what if are I you hear, talking about if i ever hear someone say it's worked on everyone else because to me that's like a move of someone saying what's wrong with you it's worked on them okay well maybe what's wrong with them because this is whack nah. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, I mean, to go back to your whole celibacy thing, I can honestly say that I'm with you on that. I need to know what I'm working with ahead of time. Show me what you're working with. And I'm not saying it has to be the first date. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying it has to be that. But at some point, I need to know because I would hate to be locked in a situation where I'm married to you. And now I, I just now realize you don't even like going down. And I'll be like, damn, somehow I need to either find a way to make you do this and and enjoy it, or I have to figure out how to deal with the fact that you will never, ever do this for me. And if I am faithful to you, I will never, ever have this done again, which means that the last person who did this to me, I should have really just been like savoring that moment. (laughs) so i want i want to get to so many more of these so i think we'll save some of these for the next episode um do you have like one more that we can there 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 is like there's like three or four more that i want to touch on no we'll 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 touch on them in the next episode because there there's a lot of good questions there this will be part one then we may just have a part two that's good just so much to talk about oh my goodness and now for my favorite segment the do's and the don'ts that was a high-pitched bryson right of relationships soprano bryson and i want i want to know you want to go first yeah yeah, i'll go first you want to do the do's you get you can start with the do's all right let's do the do's guys if i ever meet you and we don't live in the same place and we really have to rely on communication and everything to keep in touch be consistent in your communication I'm talking about don't let what we have or what we started fall off the map. So if we live in two different places and we can't see each other every weekend and you're interested in me and you still want to, you know, keep me in your pocket. I want to keep you in mind from when we're ever in the same place again. Be consistent. That means text, 
a phone call here and there. We ain't got to do the whole FaceTime thing and everything like that. But check up on me, you know? And I'm not saying every day, but it has to be consistent enough for me to feel like you still have interest because at some point, if you fall off on keeping in touch with me, I'm going to assume that you have fallen off on me and are not interested in me and you have moved on and that's what I will do. I will say this, stores allow you 30 days to return something. So if I don't hear from you <laughs> in 30 consecutive days, like I'm talking like not even one good morning text, then I'm going to think that you have returned me into the bin, which means that we're done. So wow. don't even try and hit me up three months later like, hey, big head, or what's been going on with you? Because I'm going to forget that I even spoke to you. Ooh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, My do. Ladies, my do for this week. And it's something super simple. And I know you guys are going to be like, how is this a do? So... I know a lot of times women want to know uh, information about who the guy is interested in and etc. Well, if you really want to get a, a peek insight into that, have one of those I'm your boy conversations with him. <laughs> Do have a I'm your boy conversation. And I'm the boy conversation consists of things like, oh, what celebrity women do you find attractive? Because you're going to learn a lot about him through a conversation that. like that. He's going to give you a lot of insight into the things that he's found attractive or the things that he still finds attractive. And you'll be able to go, oh, okay, okay, all right. It Not only that, but ask him things about what he most has been interested in sports-wise. And you don't need to know what the sports are. Just find out what those things are that gets him going about the sport. Not who who cares whether or not he likes a set team. No, why do you like this? Because from then on, you have an end to why he's interested in something, mm. and that way, conversations for you guys will be easy because you can be like, "Oh, I know that you're interested in things that are high octane, so let's go do this." That's all I'm saying. That's my do for the week. And 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 girls, if you meet a guy who says that he likes a celebrity that looks nothing like you. And then if you meet a guy and he, All says, right. and he says he don't watch sports, double because <clears throat> that's <laughs> weird as hell. Okay. All right. Anyways. All right. Not now. No. Now for my don't. That sounded more like Bryson. Y'all thought that was really Bryson, right? Don't even put the Bryson on that. I want them to figure it out. So my don't for guys is if you have a nice plan to invite me over for dinner or whatever the case is. Can you clean your house before you invite me over? I mean, can you please just clean your house? I don't understand guys who be like, oh, come through, come through. And there's so many come through guys. I come through and you got like just crust everywhere. Like it looks like you haven't swept in a month. Just, who are these men? I, listen, listen, this has not happened to me often, but it has happened to me in life. And I'm just like... I cannot believe you knew I was coming over because you initiated me coming over and you didn't even take the time to like tidy up. Like, I don't care if you have to throw all your dirty clothes in your clean clothes pile or whatever. Like, put everything in the closet so I don't even have to see it. Like, Can we take go a Clorox a wipe. Can we go? <laughs> take one Clorox wipe and wipe a surface down. I don't ever want to feel like I can't touch something in your house because if I do, I'm going to get dirty. Give me three things that you will not you will not accept being dirty in a minute. Oh my gosh. The bathroom is key. 
Ah, yeah. Yo, if I go into a guy's bathroom, and usually this is... This is it is, just a tub? This is what I'll do, y'all. I will go to a bathroom purposely. If I'm in a guy's house for like... This is wrong. I will. This is wrong. If I go to a guy's house and he's inviting me over, I mean, at some point I'm going to have to go to the bathroom, but like I will... That's when I really, really take a full scope oh, wow. of your cleanliness. If the place where you get clean is dirty... I just cannot. <laughs> How do you do that? How do you get clean in a tub that has eight rings around it of dirt that is just stuck into the enamel of the tub? Like, what? If, if, if the toilet has raindrop drop top speckled <laughs> all across, like, if you what? let all three Migos skip marking oh your toilet, gosh. you messed up. Like, do you not lift the lid up or do you not have good aim? I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, I never... What, what else? Clothing, clothing okay, land okay, okay, somewhere? Okay. Clothing land somewhere? Clothing is, that... is, is fine because to me it's like... Okay. Oh, really? You wouldn't care if I had clothing land in like a living room or something like that? You'd be like, okay, cool. Um, I would just be like, okay, that's easy to pick up. It's, to me, there's a difference between dirty and messy. Messy is like clothes lying around. Dirty is like you have not even taken like a spring cleaning day at all for the last three springs. Okay. And I see that you don't even have soap in your bathroom or toilet paper. Oh. And a, lo- a lot of guys just like to shake and, and zip up their pants and go. But you don't even have soap, my G. Yeah, I, I, and you're right. touching me with your dirty, non-soaked hands. How do you wash your hands after shaking it off? You touching me after that? That tells me a lot. That is a definitely guy's a bathroom. Don't. <laughs> a guy's bathroom will tell me a lot about who you are Back. as a guy. Wow. And if if your if your house is cleaning, your bathroom is dirty, you are gonna get deducted. And I just I just don't understand. Wow. And I just got, came, I feel dirty just talking about she it. She came in hot today with her phone. Oh, I didn't think I was gonna go that hot either, but Woo wee. Ladies, I guess it's my turn. Yeah. Uh ladies, for this week's don't um I would suggest that you guys don't dry snitch on yourselves. Wait, and you said dry snitch? Yeah. For, <laughs> Specifically, that sounds nasty. Specifically, (laughs) the things that you should not do, ladies, is tell tell a guy that you are on a first date with anything that comes around you being able to find information on somebody quickly. If you are a stalker, a lurker, or a searcher of information, and that is something you do, you should not tell him or communicate with him that you are good at that because that will immediately tell the guy. I should probably stop dealing with this person. How do I know mm. that you ain't going to be all up in my business? How do I know you didn't already Google me and LinkedIn me and do all this before the date? Mm-hmm. How do I know any of this? Do not make him or give him a reason for that matter to be insecure when you just met him. Please do us all a favor and don't. That was good. That's all I got. I will say this. Guys, just know that girls do look you up, all right? So if you're gonna do it, don't be overt about I it. I didn't just dry be snitch. Discreet. I didn't just dry snitch on the whole female population, but just know that I'm just giving you a little insight. So girls, yeah, just don't say nothing. If if you recognize someone from his Instagram pictures and you meet them in real life and be like, Oh yeah, you're so 
Also, you just told on yourself. Just act like you don't know things and you don't know people. (laughs) And and just like that, that is the end of this episode. Uh, The music should be playing right now. Oh, I hope I got it right this time. (laughs) Uh, As usual, go to iTunes. Check us out there. Good night, Harlem. Go to Facebook. Check us out there. Go to Twitter. Go to Instagram. And of course, go to SoundCloud. Um, This has been a good one. This has been so much fun. See you next week. Um, Bye, y'all. Good night.